Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Sales Syndicate podcast. We're going to be talking about how to get meetings with top prospects using direct mail, or as uh, my guest likes to call it, lumpy mail, which will which will make a lot more sense in a few minutes, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. I will kick things off by just apologizing for the state of my face. The mustache is, um, it's Movember for anyone who's, um, well, I think it is global now, isn't it? But yeah. it's Movember. I don't typically so, yeah, look like this. I wouldn't do this by choice. It's just, you know, all part of the fun and games, but I'm not, I'm quite proud of it. I'm not, I'm quite proud of it. I've never actually committed to doing it before. So um, I, I'm kind of getting like these, 70s porn star vibes i don't know or maybe that's just in my head i don't know but um i will hand over to my guest to introduce himself yeah the gold chain hairy chest and then i do have a hairy chest bit too much information there we're we're diverging from the from the uh from the content itself but um i will hand over to my guest um louis to introduce himself uh, and the company before we dive into the discussion so over to you louis cool so my name is louis um, you might be thinking, like, who's this kid? I'm, I'm, I'm very young. I look very young. I'm 25. Yeah, com- compared uh, to me with this mustache, you look about seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I hear it a lot. I've, I've had all sorts of jokes and comments made. But actually, um, I run a business called The Mailman. And what we do is, just like Jamie said, we help clients, we help businesses get meetings with their top prospects. The people who you really, really want to meet, the CEOs, CMOs, C-suite executives at big eight-figure, nine-figure, even like multi-billion pound companies. And we do that by using direct mail or lumpy mail, which it it falls more under the category of, but that's just a type of direct mail, but we'll we'll come to that. Cool. And I I think um, in terms of your general target market, you're probably aiming more at top of um hierarchy right like you you play more in the lanes of like c-suite and directors rather than sales managers is that right yeah absolutely so we get we get the best results targeting c-suite we find c-suite ceo in particular is the easiest person to get a meeting with and that's something that a lot of people are like surprised by because typically the ceos aren't the easiest people to get meetings with however We'll come to all the reasons for it. That's, that's kind of what this what this podcast is about. But yeah, it's it's all about reaching those those top decision makers, the people who have the most buying power, the most influence, and the most emotional desire to to change to make changes in their business. Yeah, and I think like you said, that the misconception is that the C suite or the directors, VPs, whatever you want to call them, um, are the most difficult to um, mm. get the attention of. I, we, we did an episode with Kerry Ann from Moss about um, why she chooses to target C-suite and how much success she, um, she's seen from that. And I think the analogy or the metaphor that she gave was that C-suite are basically um, train conductors of Paddington Station. They Trains are coming in, going out, and they're just directing into the right um, onto the right track at the right time. And they've only got a certain number of tracks that they can commit to a certain number of trains going in and out, AKA money, finances, resources. Mm-hmm. So but the, the, the payoff of if you can break into those, that sort of level um, successfully is a lot higher, but what, why is there a misconception uh, uh, of people believing that it's incredibly difficult and a waste of time targeting because, that level? Well, I mean, I guess it comes from whenever most people try and reach out to C-suite, they find it very difficult. 
and they don't get many responses. And the reason for that is because, especially over the last 10 years or so, it's becoming easier and easier for people to get in front, like theoretically, to get in front of C-suite, to send an email and land in their inbox, to find their mobile phone number, to go on LinkedIn and send a message. And as a result, in particular, like the LinkedIn and email, those areas are so saturated now. And because, rightly so, like you say, the CEOs, the C-suite, they're the, the people who, if you can get through to them, they'd be worth the most. As a result of that, so many people try to, these CEOs just get so many emails, like hundreds of emails a day, so many LinkedIn messages. But even just like, it's not even necessarily about what you are selling and what you've said. It's more, they probably just haven't even actually read it half the time because it's just lost amongst so many other seven words in a subject line on an email. That's all they see. And they just select, delete, 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 or just don't even open them. Yeah, the, hi, I hope you're well. Those those first dreaded lines, yeah. They, okay, so what, we, what we're saying is because um, it is arguably more difficult, people come up against these difficulties and they go, ah, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no point targeting the C-suite. It doesn't work, but it doesn't work because you, like, like we're going to talk about today, they're not doing it in the right way with the right... Um, with the right techniques or tactics or strategies. So in, in terms of like, we, we kind of alluded to it there in terms of why you want to go after C-suite because ultimately they have a lot of buying power. They are heads of the company. They have a lot of say, a lot of sway. They can direct resources where they want it. But like, what are some of the the key benefits um, that you've seen from targeting those um, that level in comparison to where most people seem to target? Well, as, as you'll know, and as like anyone in, in sales will know, the main things that make people buy are like the pains that they're feeling of not having something or of a current situation and their desire to, to have a better situation. And overall, generally speaking, um, a business owner or a director or a CEO feels the pains of a business more than anyone else. And so they have the greatest like emotional attachment to to change essentially it's like most cold outreach overall when it's done properly it's not saying we do seo ppc and all those i get so many emails like that it's saying something like businesses work with us when they are feeling x problem blah 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 and those ceos can relate most to those problems Oh, I can't hear you. Forgot to turn the mic back on. Good, <laughs> good, good, good one. Um, but they have a much broader understanding or a much more in-depth understanding of the 12-month, three-year, five-year plan as well in terms of where they want to take the business from a strategic point of view, the goals that they have for that period. They've got a much better understanding than people, that say, lower down the food chain who are basically, they've got their set of goals, but they that's only a set of goals in one sphere, whereas the C-suite are thinking about the Venn diagram of every area of the business. So like you say, it, it's much easier to play into those larger goals and strategies um, at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, now, in terms of um, explain lumpy mail to us then. It, like, <laughs> I think people know what direct mail is, but explain lumpy mail to us. Okay. So 
direct mail covers a lot of categories. Some people even put like gifting, like corporate gifting into there. I'm not a fan of that. We'll come to gifting soon because that's a, that's a big thing really in the industry. But it also covers letters, just like standard letters you'd get through your, through your door. And the key thing about lumpy mail is that it's something more than just, it's not flat, it's literally lumpy. Some people call it bulky mail, 3D mail. It's something that is a physical item, essentially, that you send in the post. It can be as small as adding a tea bag. I've got a bunch of like enveloped Yorkshire tea bags over there to a, to a letter. That's like the, the, the least lumpy it could be, I guess. Um, or we've got some like scratch cards, some here. So just like scratch cards, and that would be to say something like um, business success isn't down to luck or recruitment success isn't down to luck. Don't gamble when you don't have to, that sort of thing. All the way up to, I mean, up here, we've got a fake right arm, literally like a mannequin's right arm. So that's like, I'd give my right arm to have a meeting with you. Works very well. We've got fake horses' heads, like from a godfather to make an offer you can't refuse. We've got messages in bottles, like a hundred and letter in a bottle. No, no, no. Framed newspaper articles, like depicting an outcome that your prospect is going to achieve um, and it's like written as if it's already happened it's just written in the future coconuts i can't work out this fair coconuts there yeah uh, it's it mirrored isn't it <laughs> yeah, all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff essentially yeah. now i think people um watching i mean uh, you might also recognize some of the um items by description if you're li if you're just listening but for those watching they might well they're very likely recognize some of these items from linkedin because you get a lot of um, traction in terms of that virality on LinkedIn, don't you? Because it's just so out there in the in the realms of like direct mail. Like the best way to describe it is, you know, like for for the for the most part, is those leaflets you get through the post. Like it's a magazine, and then it's got like a twenty five pound voucher in it and mm. uh, a thank you, and like that's a direct mail campaign that say Admiral Insurance might do or a bank might do like a very traditional direct mail. I used to work for the Royal Mint um, who do coinage for the country and they used to do direct mail. And it was that very traditional style of direct mail. But what we're talking about here, like you said, is something very, very, very different, which is why I think it's, um, it's such an interesting topic. But in, if I recognize some of those items from my feed, I think you sent us, the one that you sent to us, which is how we sort of started to come across your stuff, was a cardboard tube with a hand-drawn um like sharpie on a big a3 piece of paper yeah. and you drew drew a big scene um yeah, yeah and i think that that was the one that we experienced and you sent it to um one of our uh, sdrs at the time called aaron and he's northern and he was like he was like oh my god look at this this is amazing and that's a terrible accent um yeah. obviously i apologize to everyone from the north or birmingham or whatever but yeah he, he, he was a he yeah, he, well, they, I was kind of drifting between Birmingham and, and, and North, yeah. Um, but he was amazed by it, and um, he handed it around, and everyone was like looking at it, like, "Let me know, he's gone to some effort here, hasn't he?" And yeah. I think that I was a to, to Nick, the, your sales director, or head of sales, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and Aaron had opened it, and he had something, he had called me, I think, after. Um, but yeah, that's how I guess how we started talking from sending something in the post. Yeah. And that, you know, that's a, a real world example of how it sort of worked for us. And I think over and above um, the examples you showed us in the back or the, the example I've just described there, let's have a chat about your top performing campaigns. I think you've got, I, re I mean, I recognize 
but the names I've got on my screen that I think um, you're going to have some of these items with you as, as well. So top three performing campaigns. Let's run us through, run us through those. Okay. So I don't know if you can see, but over there is a pinata. Now that's just like a standard pinata. And, and we call this campaign the Trojan pinata. Um, so what we, what we do as well as those, those pinatas, we make these custom branded pinatas. So it's a pinata branded to each recipient. So it's super personalized. So let's say we were sending it to it's like Coca-Cola. It would be like a Coca-Cola shaped bottle with a Coca-Cola logo on it. And that would be the pinata. Now there's a note on the outside, which says problem you solve, such as trying to get more clients or trying to find your next best candidate, whatever it might be, can be frustrating. So I thought I'd make you your very own pinata to take it out on. And you might just find a sweet, sweet solution inside. So you send that pinata. That's the note on the outside. It comes with a big bat. They smash it up. The team all get involved. Everyone, or everyone loves it. We've, we'll, I'll come to results in just a second. But on the inside, most importantly, once they've smashed it up, there is a kilo of sweets inside it, which is a lot of sweets, or like Palmer violets, drumsticks, all that sort of thing, as well as a sales letter, which is rolled up, tied with a little ribbon. And that's where you actually get to the point of what you want to say. And the key thing is like that pinata has caught their attention. It's got them to, got people engaged in it. Often people will need to speak to multiple decision makers. It might be like CMO and CFO, for example. You get people involved in the office and they see the sales letter and then they're like, you know, this person's made a fucking custom branded pinata for me. And as long as the message resonates and it's written well and it points out the pains they're likely feeling they're gonna call and so the first time we sent this for a client we sent it for a recruitment agency and for a recruitment agency who specialize in tech and digital and they have they came to us with a list of businesses who they really wanted to work with all between 500 and a thousand employees so fairly big businesses but no matter what they tried, they just couldn't get through. They'd emailed, they'd called, they'd sent LinkedIn messages, just nothing. These were just the hardest to reach people. So we sent it. We sent 10 of these. They got six inbound calls and booked four meetings as a result. That's a 40% meeting rate. And the cost, I think, was like £270 per meeting. So not cheap to do, obviously. I think it's like just over £100 each pinata yeah no, but i guess when you when you compare that to typical more traditional direct mail the cost for each unit might be like a couple of quid mm -hmm. or 50p but you're sending ten thousand of them which yeah. is why you know okay it's a hundred pound a unit but you're only sending it to 10 people um mm -hmm. so it's a lot like it's that hyper ultra personalization that keeps the cost manageable and like you said what 250 odd quid for a meeting i mean that's that's a very good um i mean people you see people sharing stuff online about their advertising and saying oh we managed to book meetings for like 700 pounds for like a for a qualified meeting so that's still like 50 30 percent of like typical cost yeah like i mean it's, it is pretty crazy to be fair like they, they work very very well we sent them for a SaaS company it's like a marketing um affiliate platform sort of thing um just about a month ago they got a meeting with a ceo of boohoo who are like a three billion revenue yeah. company 
from sending that from sending a pinata. Was that, was that was that the pinata? Was it? Yeah, that was a custom branded pinata. Nice. So it's branded to Boohoo. Um, I've sent them myself. I sent it to a company uh, who have like I think like 250 employees, like a fairly decent sized company. Um, they, the person who received it did two posts on LinkedIn, both about the pinata, and off the back of that, I got three more inquiries. Because it's something that people talk about, so it's it's content like you mentioned earlier about it does well on LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's it's, re- it's very viral, isn't it? It's it's, it's got a good amount of virality about it. And and what? Why do you think that is? Because it's just so individualistic. It's so out there. Like people are literally like, "What is going through this guy's head that he's just sent me a pinata or he's gone to the effort of this?" But mm. as long as like you know, by no means are you saying that. Um, uh, everyone's going to get the messaging right because that, that that's up to the person doing the messaging. But in terms mm. of breaking in and getting the attention of, I yeah. mean, I've, I've not seen something as creative as this. But well, but realistically, that's the. I think that's why right now, like we we really like feel like we're at a tipping point. Like to be completely honest, over the last like couple of years, because it's different, and so many people are just used to like. LinkedIn emails calls because this is like a different thing for a lot of people we kind of we 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 struggled for a while people were very like hesitant because lots of people like people do what is popular the popular thing to do is to do what is popular and it takes only a certain type of person to actually say you know what fuck it I'm gonna try this and as people started trying it we started getting great results and now we're at this like point now where people are getting so frustrated with emails and so frustrated with LinkedIn. There's all these new Google spam filters and all that sort of stuff going on. But people are really just like, that, that pain is really is really quite something now for a lot of people. And so now we're at this point now where more and more people are doing this and getting better and better results because it stands out so much compared to what everyone else is doing. And like I said before, with an email, you've literally got about seven words in the subject line and your name to catch someone's attention. Same with LinkedIn, really. Like something in the post, you can send absolutely anything. Like literally anything, as long as it's like legal, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you've got so much room to be creative and to do things that stand out. Yeah, I think... Um bespoke to the, the the clients that they're trying to break into obviously there's a large number of things that you could do like you know saying it doesn't have to be a pinata if you're if you're targeting um i don't know a company that is clothing related then you could maybe you could send them send them a shoe and say oh, i just wanted to get my foot in the door you know hypotheticals like there's a lot so take us through the next one though so the next one on the list what's the the next best performing one so one which is very consistently a good one, and it's probably one of the easiest ones for people to do, is we call the toughest nut to crack. So you can see here the coconut. This is literally just a normal coconut. I don't know if you can hear the, the, the yeah, yeah. coconut water inside it. Yeah, it's, it's just a coconut, and you can get them from any supermarket. And... That when we come to like how you create these campaigns, I'll come with I come I'll show how I came up with this idea. But essentially, this can be used for pretty much any business. Again, you insert your pain, so it might be trying to get new customers, and it's 
is trying to get new customers your toughest nut to crack or is finding the right candidate, whatever it might be, whatever that pain might be, your toughest nut to crack, you'd be nuts not to give me a call. So you literally send the coconut with a little handwritten postcard saying, is bloody blah your toughest nut to crack? Put a few pains as bullet points, however you want to format it and say, you'd be nuts not to give me a call. Like you'd be nuts not to scan this QR code and watch the video, the loom video I've made for you, whatever it might be. Low cost, easy to do. Very, very good. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, in terms of cost, how much is a coconut nowadays? A couple of quid? I don't know. I haven't bought a coconut in recent I times. You probably, if you go into like Waitrose and stuff, maybe. Yeah. So they have a, a much more cost effective then. So what, what was, um, can you give us some of the sort of success um, or performance stuff for the campaigns that you've, you've well, we, we've used? Sent the coconut for so many people. Uh, so it's hard to like pick just one. Um, but for example, on the, the first batch of coconuts I sent, I got a, I got a client who has since then spent over 40 grand to us just from sending a coconut. Um, we send them as a follow-up. So we do LinkedIn messaging. We do it in a bit of a, an unusual way, but we generally get about a 7% meeting rate from LinkedIn, which is pretty good really. And anyone who doesn't respond to LinkedIn, we go through and see if how much of an ideal client they are. If they really fit our ICP, we send them a coconut and say, sent you a LinkedIn message. Clearly that wasn't compelling enough. So I'm sending you his coconut to catch your attention and body, body, bar. From that, we then get 20% of people who we send coconuts to book in a meeting. The one in five. And it's, yeah, in terms of like ROI on the cost of a coconut and sending it, that's going to be extremely high, isn't it? Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's, it's one of our most popular campaigns. We've sent them for recruitment agencies, for sales trainers. Um, who else we send them for? Um, we're just sending them at the moment for a, a SaaS company who has like a tipping uh, tipping software um selling for another SaaS company who helps with like identifying your um your value proposition and like all sorts of different things essentially okay and then the uh, last one we have on the list i think i can see it in the background um so what's number three then the newspaper from the future yeah so the newspaper from the future i mean this one actually has someone's name on it so i can't really I'll, you can look at it from a distance but essentially this campaign is at the moment one of our most popular ones. We first used it for an accountancy firm, and it was an accountancy firm who was trying to get through to the owners of franchises. So franchise franchisors who have between five and twenty outlets, and they wanted to to de, de, yeah they wanted to depict that the accountant could help them grow and open more franchises. And so we created an article which had a picture. The image was of their franchise, one of their restaurants or cafes, whatever it was. And the headline said, John Smith just opened restaurants, a hundred franchise and underneath and now spends his time doing whatever the hell he wants. And it's like John Smith, bloody, bloody, blah. Um, after opening in 2010 in our first outlet in Exeter, whatever it might be, John has now gone to do this. And we created this like full full thing where each one we replace the recipient's name, change the date. So it's like, again, super personalized. Because if you're going to do something in the post and it's low quantities, you might as well make it as personalized as possible. As long as it's relevant, 
not like I saw you went to Cambridge University. That must have been amazing. Not one of those sorts of messages. But yeah, just a very personalized newspaper. It's in a frame. So it makes it, they couldn't like throw it away. It makes it more valuable to them. They might hang it on the wall, might keep it on the desk. Um, and they got, a, I think it's 16 or 17% meeting rate. I've put it, I put it on LinkedIn the other day, but I can't remember exactly. It's around about that. And I think it was just about £360 per meeting, which again, pretty good meeting response rate. Um, I now send them to people after I've had a meeting with them. So if I, I get quite a lot of leads, inbound leads from LinkedIn, as do a lot of people who spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Uh, but I was finding that my inbound leads on LinkedIn weren't, generally speaking, quite as good quality as the people who I was getting, as the leads I was getting from sending stuff in the post. And I think for me in particular, sending something is obviously it's going to sell itself really. Because when someone experiences that, then it, it helps them picture how they would use it themselves. But also just in general, it's that effort. Like if anyone sent something after having a meeting with someone, that person's going to feel much more valued. We send these basically to prospects um, who we've who we've had a, an initial meeting with to try and like increase the, the quality of a, of a demo call, which is the second call. And what what what's your personal favorite that you've done? My favorite is probably I'll get this one. I think this is probably it's, it takes it takes some effort to do. We do these for clients, but um, so it's a custom vinyl record. There's an actual record inside. Then this is a custom case on the front of it. I'm not going to show you because that's like personalized. This is a copy that we made for someone, but it's personalized to the recipient. Maybe it has pictures of them, their business, their team. Um, this one has like times they have been in the news, some headlines stripped across it, and on the back it has real songs which read out a message. So this one says. Do you ever feel stressed out and under pressure when trying to get through to dream VIP clients? Wouldn't it be nice to sit back, relax, and get more meetings? Maybe it's time to call me. And as my number, and inside on the vinyl record is a handwritten letter stuck to it, which goes into more depth, saying something like, for me, um, it's something like cold outreach can feel like a stuck record doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same response. Maybe it's time to try something different. So I made you your very own vinyl record. And they work really, really well. What is there anything on the record? As in like, if so, is it just one of the songs that's on the back? No, it's just, just completely random records. But right. we, when we put the handwritten letter, it stops it. You couldn't like play it because it sticks. I right. thought about getting actual like records made with the song, but there's too many songs for one. Um, it would cost an absolute fuck like yeah. to do that. Right. Um, so okay. So for for people watching or listening who are who have seen that, listened to it, and gone right, this is interesting. Okay, I want I want to give this a go. Um, how where, where do you start? How do you do it? What's like your general process? Give give us the uh, give us the nitty gritty. Yes. So first thing is the list. So who. Who are you sending these to? I always recommend going after what we call like a top 100 list or a dream 100 list. Personally, I think that if you're going to like spend money on outreach, you might as well go after the people who, even if you just got one of them, you'd probably get a return. 
Like you want to you want to get the best possible return on your outreach. I just think it it wouldn't make sense to go after the, the lower value clients. So we want the people who are going to use your highest paying services and the people who are typically the hardest to reach. And once you've got those people, go into detail, finding out what are their pains? What do these people feel? And, and what is it that I can do to help them? What do, they, what do they want to happen? What are their goals for the business? If you can get like as, as detailed as possible, with that information, then that's the best starting point. Now, there's going to be varying degrees of um, maturity uh, from listeners, watchers, um, or from the market in general in terms of having a sliding scale of some people not understanding what an ICP is. To be honest, like they'll, they're just thinking more total addressable market. Oh, there's one and a half billion people I can sell to. They all want it. Yeah. But in terms of like, w w ideally, you, you, what we're talking about here is to have a very, very um, granular understanding of your ICP in terms of we're looking for finance companies based in the UK and the EU with a headcount of 10 to 50 um, that use Salesforce um, and also bank with this company like that that's what we're talking in terms of granular level and then in terms of identifying pain points if you have an if, if you have an understanding of that level of granularity in terms of your icp you're probably going to have an understanding of okay but why are you targeting salesforce users okay because it's difficult to use or why are you targeting people who use that bank uh, because they're not the best for banking in this region or whatever or we can help with receipts or like whatever it ends up being so i guess that that's can be very very easy for some people eg they come to you with like oh no it's all, yeah it's all it's all good here's the brief that's here's who we go out uh go out to or it could be a little bit of a project in terms of looking at data and looking where you have the most success rate and the highest conversion rates and close rates and things yeah exactly and obviously like, if you're if you're a new business then that can be harder as well um it's obviously easier the more the more data you have um but I, I, the way i started off with targeting people was I literally just thought of businesses who I thought, you know, it'd be pretty fucking cool to work with them, to get a meeting with them. Um, and that's literally how I started off and thinking, yeah, does it make sense? Like, do we have services that they could use? Could we potentially help them? And that's like how I started off on a very like basic level. And then as I got a better understanding of who I wanted to work with and who I could help best, then I've become a lot more specific in terms of like the, the number of employees all those more specific demographics. Yeah. And I, I guess like, I think what we're saying is the general rule of thumb is you want to be as specific as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting take you had there. Like ultimately you have to start somewhere. If you're, if you're not um, very experienced in building a, an ICP or you're a very young company who is yet to find its ICP, then ultimately you've got to start somewhere. So I quite like the idea of like, who would be your dream client? just yeah, hypothetically yeah. like who do you think would be a dream client that's like quite an interesting place to start um okay so you, you've built uh this top 100 this this hot list billboard top 100 whatever you want to call it um you've identified the the pain points um you know what their goals are what their strategies are what the triggering points are um what happens then so we when it comes to like picking items we have two different ways of doing it. So there's some things which are like the right arm, which is kind of just like, it's just something to get their attention. It's not directly related to any pains that they feel. 
Whereas there's things like the coconut, which is about something being like a tough nut to crack. So that's like a pun, a play on words. The piñata is about like taking out your frustration. So based on the pains that you've come up with, if you want to go down picking an item which is going to like resonate with those pains and be relevant, then you kind of look at your pains, spend a bit of time, go through them and think about what 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 sort of other ways could I could I say this? Like if, if some from a coconut, for example, initially you might just think like, oh, my customers are struggling to get new clients. And then from there, I gradually went on and thought, what's another way to say I'm struggling or something's difficult, but it's a tough nut to crack. But I couldn't send nuts in the post because people have allergies to nuts. And so I had the idea to send coconuts. And plus, it's bigger, it's harder to crack. So that's that's where that came about. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of um, like maybe we 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 could do like an example um, of like I don't know a, a company we're trying to break into and like what put you on the spot like what you would um, what you would uh, use. Okay. So like if um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, if you were trying to break into Miro, what Miro. would you do? Yeah. I don't know who Miro are, to be honest with you. Uh, so they're uh, they're the the biggest uh, digital whiteboard. So they were the ones who started that whole digital whiteboard, digital flowcharts um, okay. sort of uh, trend. So it's uh, basically digital collaboration, visual um, product teams love it, marketing teams love it. But yeah, digital whiteboard is probably the, the, their original like pr- uh, product. And what what are we selling for myself? Um, I would say sales intelligence. So let's hypothetically say that I had a podcast with them in Yigo from Miro and they were, they were basically, um, moving from PLG to a more hybrid, like product led sales, i.e. instead of it just being purely PLG, um, he said in the podcast episode that they were actually, um, broadening and trying to go for somewhere in the middle of product led and sales led. So they they had challenges in terms of how to migrate um, from PLG to this hybrid state with members of the team that had only ever done more inbound, i.e. PLG existing users. So any product um, that would help that. Let's keep it fairly broad. What are they feeling? Um, he alluded to the fact that members of the team had only been used to dealing with inbound or existing users and upselling. They had little experience in terms of outbound. So they were um, not struggling. They they just had some scaling, skilling issues in terms of how to do outbound well. So prospecting, breaking into accounts, um, uh, so booking, me- booking meetings. Is the main thing they're trying to do this switch from PLG to hybrid? Yes. Okay. So with that, you could literally use something like the coconut. I know we're just kind of like revisiting an idea, but saying like, is switching from PLG to hybrid your toughest nut to crack? And then say like, um, are your sales teams used to inbound and not doing well with outbound? However you want to word it, saying they're going after target accounts, but getting ignored, not getting enough meetings or sales cycles taking too long, whatever it might be. And obviously I'd, I don't know all the details at this point about exactly how you can help them, I suppose, but list the key pains that they're likely feeling and 
generally if you can list some pains that different people in the company are feeling like something about the sales team something about what them as the ceo or the cro whoever it is is likely feeling and then say you'd be nuts not to give me a call or if it's like a demo and you can make like a bespoke demo say you could you'd be nuts not to scan this qr code and do like a little loom like two minutes just saying you're probably going through this this is something that might be able to help you potentially that could be one way of doing it. Yeah, other items. I mean, the pinata could potentially work. Like, if something. Have you, have you done um, custom puzzles? We haven't done custom puzzles, but it is like it's a it's a campaign that people in America we know in America have done quite a lot. Of. Yeah, as in like it, it, yeah, a puzzle. Yeah, and then yeah is this the big? Is this your biggest puzzle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be that'd be quite an interesting one because it's like a they're like a um, very visual, um, a visual thing. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting. There's, there's, that's the thing. There's just so many ideas that you could, so many things. Like there's, I mean, the objects are un, unlimited in their in their nature. Like there's no, it's just there's no number of ideas that like it's just unlimited, isn't it? In terms of what you could send people in the post, I think that's like one of the most like intriguing things about it. Yeah, and coming up with new ideas is something that's like it's not easy to do. It, it takes a lot of time, and we have like. So we, we work businesses and we create bespoke campaigns, but we also have things like this on our platform called the Lumpy Mail Shop. But when it comes to bespoke campaigns, we have like a full process where we like, we watch client testimonials, for example. We hear the ways in which clients express their pains. And it taught, how do, how, how do they say that they feel? Like client testimonials are a very good way to get ideas for things to send. One example of this, we worked with a SaaS company who helps with, um, it's like a, a, a debt collection software, essentially. And they were targeting lawyers, law firms, and one of their clients on a video testimonial said that they spent so much time on the phone chasing overpaid, uh, unpaid invoices, overdue invoices, that they should have been, realistically, billing those hours, and they should have been billable hours. And so we created a cartoon, like a hand-drawn cartoon, like what we sent you. And this one was a skeleton sat at a desk on the phone. And he said, he had a speech bubble saying, hi, Mr. or Mrs. Customer. Um, it's now been 107 years since your bill was due. What are the chances we can get this paid today? With a little note saying, like, ever feel like this chasing your unpaid invoices? Um, we've got software which might be able to help. I think that got an 11% response rate, which for the cartoons, they're pretty cheap to do again. Um, it's pretty good, really. Uh, in terms of um, follow-ups, like if, if how do you tackle follow-ups? As in you've, you've gone to the effort of sending this like personalized thing. If you don't get a response, what, what do you do? What's your, like, your so, next step? Yeah, so there's a, there's a few different ways. And like the, the best one, if you have good data, is the phone. It's like following up by phone and using it as an in, saying like, I'm a guy who sent a piñata. I'm a guy who sent, like you can see there's a piggy bank up there. That was another we did for that company. We sent a ransom letter with Polaroids of his piggy bank tied up. So like, is your money tied up, basically? Um, and yeah, you, you call and you reference the item you've sent as a way to get past the gatekeeper or whoever it might be or to buy some time with that person. Um, LinkedIn is a very good one. Even if it's an in-mail, you can put as a subject, like, 
newspaper article about you. And people are like, oh, this is, what's what's the newspaper article about me? And so then they open it, and then if they haven't, that's if they haven't seen it. If they have seen it, then we're obviously going to know what it's about, open it. And the thing is, like, following up, you do get inbound responses from this. Inbound responses are an, an amazing thing, but they do happen quite often. But following up, there's often people who, with like, we're targeting big CEOs. And sometimes people receive something, we're about to go into a meeting, and they think, oh, I'll come back and I'll come back to that later. But often their lives get busy and then they forget, whatever it might be. So following up is a very important thing to do. Yeah, no, it's interesting because we did an episode on voice notes and it's, it reminds me of that uh, as in you would send the voice note and if they didn't come back, you'd say, oh, did, were you not interested in that? Uh, the last few seconds of the voice note, I, th I thought mm -hmm. it would be really relevant for you. And then you point up and stuff and it, it creates that, like, like you said, that, that reference point of being able to say, oh yeah, I'm the guy who sent you this. Like it's, yeah, I can imagine that's a very, very good in, yeah. um, rather than just we haven't heard from you. What did you think? Like, it, it, yeah, it's it's so much better, isn't it? Yeah, and, and we've, we've done, you, we've been like quite creative with some before and we've said, I sent you X, haven't heard back from you. So I'm assuming one of three things has happened. One, you don't have a clue what I'm on about because you haven't been to the office. Two, you thought the cartoon, for example, where my drawing, my art skills are terrible and it looked like it had been drawn by a three-legged cat or something like that. And you say like three you'd like you saw it you loved it but you've just been too busy to call me back and something like that gets really good response as well because it's just it's it's tying in with being different again because any business who is gonna like do the things like this that their competitors wouldn't dare to do they're a different company there for businesses who are who are unique and if you can like create the whole experience with the prospect to show that you are unique and everything about it is exciting, everything is fun, everything is different, then it only works better. Now we've got um, about 10 minutes left until our hard stop. So I think let's finish off with some some top tips mm -hmm. for people who are, who are intrigued or top tips for people who are, I don't know, struggling to, to sort of break into, um, you know, that C-suite director, top, top of the food chain. Um, so top tips then, what's, what's your first top tip? So, the, the biggest top tip is to remember that CEOs, no matter how important or like big they may seem, even if they're working at like big finance companies or like like super professional companies, but the key thing to remember is that they are people, and people like to have fun. Literally, is like I don't I don't know of anyone who doesn't like to have fun. And it realistically, if there is anyone who doesn't like to have fun, the chances are you probably don't actually want to work with them. So many people, when reaching out to people and just doing any marketing in general, have this assumption for B2B for some reason, but it has to be more professional. And when I say professional, I mean like you have to write your sincerely and all that sort of stuff. But you, you, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. I got a meeting with uh, the head of Knight Frank, the head of residential at Knight Frank, by sending a right arm. And met like Knight Frank are probably like one of the most like professional estate agents almost. It's, it's, it's a really interesting thing because realistically, people just have to remember 
Yeah, so don't, don't assume companies or people are dry just because the business might come across as dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spot on. Um, okay, top tip, um, top tip number two. Top tip number two is write just like as if you're speaking directly to that one individual. Don't say like, we do SEO and PPC, like I said earlier. Don't, like, try not to use the word we or I at all or as little as possible. Use the word you a lot and just speak directly to them. What I find works best for this is I actually, like, speak into my phone on, like, Siri Dictate on, like, a notes page. And that's how I write all my copy. Uh, It's just speaking and saying what I would say, like, ordinarily. Um, And then, obviously, I, like, tweak it and refine it. But it's going to make it much more human and much more make them just feel like this person is just speaking to me and they're not just speaking about themselves trying to promote themselves. Yeah, that's an interesting one because it kind of aligns with um, this new wave of like B2B messaging in that you should speak to when you're doing a website or whatever, you should speak to a single champion user rather than trying to speak to a whole market or a broad term. It's just if you if you had one person sat in front of you that is an ideal customer, message it towards them um but i I really like that um siri notes thing so speaking to you know Hmm. siri notes and then just just, just, yeah and then just like check the grammar and stuff but apart from that it's going to read as if it's a conversation yeah i really like that that's an that's a very very good tip yeah and and the the thing about that is what you're saying about like websites like it's coming about now as if it's a new thing and it's the same with this sort of like direct mail stuff but none of it's new at all like before the days of email and LinkedIn messages, um, there was much more what we'd call like traditional, like direct response advertising, direct response marketing. And direct response copy is completely about that. And this has been like 50 odd years old, like at least. And like all the old school copywriters, people like Dan Kennedy, Gary Halbert, um, Joseph Sugarman, they will all write in this exact way. And the people that like anyone who wants to improve their outreach should study like meticulously. That's how I originally got into this. Because back then, letters, direct mail, was the go-to form of communication. And because you had to pay for it, people wanted to be much more meticulous about what they actually said. Whereas now you can like split test like 50 different emails if you have a big enough database. And it's not going to cost any more. So people just like type whatever and they end up sending stuff out because there's no cost to it without putting that much effort into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, um, I think that's a very good like temperature check of your copy of like, um, would you, how would you, would you pay to yeah. put this out? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, okay, and last top tip, top tip number three. So final top tip is just make your call to action easy. Just like as, as easy it can, as, it, as it can be. Um, lots of people want to say like, oh, like get in touch for, a, for a, a consultation or like a half an hour, an hour long, whatever it might be. Just make it really fucking easy. So, I, like, so my go-to is saying, what harm could three minutes on the phone do? Or what harm could a few minutes on the phone do? Like, what harm could it do? It's just a few minutes on the phone. Very easy thing to ask for. Or, yeah, it's that, um, that like n- normalizing the desired response. Like, yeah, exactly. I think when, yeah, when, when it's like jump on a call, it's like, oh man, I got to jump on a call. But then when you say, um, you know, what's three minutes 
on the phone like it, yeah it's you're like okay yeah actually that is actually just not really any skin off my nose is it yeah and it's same with like the qr code and the qr code's good because it's intrigue it's like well what's on the other side of this qr code like what is there to see um or if it's like yeah, scan the qr code and there's a two minute video for you it's not much to ask to watch a two minute video especially if you've caught retention enough by sending something like this <laughs> so yeah three three very good very good top tips i like the siri thing i'm, I'm going to try the siri thing like i'm going to sit with our head of sales and say right speak into the phone and pitch that exact feature or pick that exact pitch that exact use case and then that's where we'll start with copy i quite like that that's an interesting one use it for linkedin um, as well like linkedin posts all my linkedin posts i speak and dictate yeah because people will know that if they go and check you out on linkedin if they read your posts the actual structure of how they're written as well is very much like some some like proper copywriters might be like, oh my God, that sentence structure is terrible. But you hmm. break it out exactly like if you were, when you pause in a conversation, that's usually lost in, in text, but you yeah. do a very good job of using triple bullet points and dropping two lines and things like that, which yeah. which I, I really enjoy using triple bullet points and yeah, and I use more like that. Some people say, like, when I write copy for clients, I'm like, why are there so many dot dot dots? Is it called an ellipses? I think it's called. Yeah, maybe. I, I was trying to think of the word and I couldn't. Yeah, so I just, went, I, just, I, just went, I just went with triple bullet point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And people say, why are there so many? I'm like, well, if you read, it builds the suspense and it's like mm -hmm. the natural pause, which you would want to have if you were trying to sell to someone. Well, uh, that's been super, super interesting. I, I, my, my mind is full of objects that I want to try sending now. So it's very interesting. I think maybe 2024, I think this is something we're going to have to look at. So um, I have one final little top tip that's just popped into my go mind. On, yeah, go on. It's like, there's a big thing about like gifting and people think about like sending a bottle of champagne or like, like a, a Starbucks voucher and whatever and like brownies and stuff. They see that as direct mail and they see that as the same thing. I, I personally have like a, like a hatred for it because it's, it's, I think there's a place for gifting. We do corporate gifts for our clients, but it's retention is helping build relationships yeah. with customers, not to try and. It's, yeah. It's, in, it's, it, it's incentivization. It's basically, yeah. It's, it's more like a transactional currency, isn't it? It's like, here's a bottle of champagne, not like, <laughs> So, yeah, and unless the brownies or the champagne is specific to the company and it actually has yeah. a, um, yeah, but a other than that, it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and, it, and it, it feels more, I don't know what, it feels a bit more sticky, doesn't it? A bit more snaky in terms of like, his champagne, work with us. Yeah, bribery, yeah, that's the right word for it. Um, that's a good, t another temp check, temperature check. If, if it feels a bit like bribery, it's probably not good lumpy mail. Um, yeah. And on that note, um, thank you for joining us for an episode. If you want to go and check out Lumpy Mail or, or The Mailman, go and check out Louis' um, LinkedIn. You'll see loads and loads of interesting stuff on there. But um, yeah, really appreciate, appreciate you jumping on. Nice one. Great, Jamie. Brilliant. Cheers.